Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Big Apple Hockey. And it's on a Tuesday today because my work schedule is all over the place, guys. But we are going over the season as it's about to start, as Mr. Filkowski has right over there, nine days away. Can't wait for that. Uh, I think, and I think it's just, it's next Tuesday for everybody else, right? For a bunch of teams? Uh, I think the 10th is when it starts, yeah. Okay. Well... Either way, it's it's I, I can't wait for hockey. Please save us. I think I can honestly say that for all people who hope to watch playoff baseball in New York or maybe playoff football, that looks like that's going on. <laughs> you got jokes today, don't you? <laughs> Indeed, I do. And I, of course, am your host, Mark Williams. And I got to say, Philk, uh, as my, my little byline says right there, Yo, you stepping, bro? Because if there was one guy that stepped up, it was Derek Stepan, and he called it quits today, retiring. And one guy that always steps up for us, Mr. John Bukowski. I mean, congrats to Derek Stepan and, uh, on his retirement. Carved himself a nice little career. And, uh, yeah, we're nine days let away from uh, the season starting for the Rangers. But the season does start on the 10th, so... Yeah, let's get back to hockey because football sucks. Oh, my God. I mean, I, I empathize with Giant fans, and, you know, I'm a Dolphins fan, and uh, just watching watching that debacle a little bit on, on Sunday. Thank God I was golfing for the most part when that happened, but I caught some uh, glimpses of it on my phone. And um, Anthony will be with us in a minute, but – there was a highlight from the Devils Islanders game yesterday. Oh, Lindy, what do you think of a uh, Graham Clark's game today? He's a guy that put up strong numbers in the American League last year. What, what do you think he needs to do to, you know, get more playing time going forward? You need to see from him. Well, I, you know, I think if you look at his game, uh, you know, he's been getting... so our own Anthony Larocco covering the New Jersey Devils. That was uh, Brant, not Graham. It's Grant. No. Uh, I thought it was uh, G-R-A-E-M-E. No. All right. Well, uh, there we go on that. But to the season preview, let's start off with some of this. Like I said, Anthony will be joining us in a minute. 
Check out Big Apple Hockey Trucker hats and shirts that are available on our eBay store. The, the description is the link is in the description, not the other way around, Mark. The A Block is powered by SeatGeek. Use the promo code Big Apple Hockey for $20 off your first well, that's, order. That's, well, it is Graham Clark. Never mind my apologies there. Well, you know, we have a Mark messed up uh, graphic, not a Filk messed up. So he's always got to remember that one. And also look for my questions on the Metropolitan Division. Uh, <laughs> uh, I like that, David. It's yeah. there. Um, look for Mark's questions on the Metropolitan Division. That's on BH Pod. Uh, I also have one that I put have for the Atlantic Division, and the Central Division should be published tomorrow. Just organizing some thoughts. But Phil, our brief overview right now for the Rangers and their season coming up. What do you think the expectations are on this team? And are they like last year? We're talking about them as Stanley Cup contenders. Can we really say that this year? Right now, I don't think so. I think they're going to oh, hold on. Something's going on with my laptop, and I'm happy it wasn't me. Yeah, no, um, something. Sorry, something happened with my laptop. My screen started going there, but um, I, no, I wouldn't call them contenders right now. I think that's still to be established. I think there are questions that still need to be answered. Are we getting, what are we getting from Blake Wheeler? What are we getting from Alexi Lafreniere? And who's really, to, in my opinion, he's looked very disappointing so far. Um, I'm not even going to talk about the defensive gas because I'll, I'll give him a break on that. But where's the noticeable improvement in speed, skating, conditioning, strength, size? Where is it? Because I, I, I don't see it. Um, Capo Caco looks good. Philip Heedle's been out of the lineup. Um, the defense hasn't looked great. Braden Schneider looks like he's having some serious adjustment problems to Peter Laviolette's system, which is requiring him to jump up a little more into the play. Um, I like Eric Gustafson has been a revelation so far. He's been really good. And it, it shows because he's he played under Peter Laviolette last season before the trade. And he played well for him there. He had 38 points in 61 games, I believe, before he was traded. He looks good. But there's a lot of questions to be answered about this team, especially in the bottom six. Um, what are you getting from those guys? What are you, Is, is Pitlick making it? Does Brendan Othman or Will Cooley make the team? Uh, to me, I always said that Othman would be probably one of the last cuts, and he would be a guy that would start in Hartford, would probably tear it up there, and make the Rangers make the tough call of calling him up during the season. But I, I don't see how I, I don't see how Alexi Lafreniere can get a, a top six spot at this point. I don't. Um, and, and Brendan Othman looks like the team's second best red winger right now. So your two best red wingers are a 23-year-old who still has yet to break out. And a 20, 21 year old that has not played an NHL game yet. There was a first round draft pick two years ago. I, to me, there are a lot of questions. And Artemi Panarin, is Artemi Panarin going to rebound? Because Abenajad hasn't looked great. He was hurt. He doesn't, he hasn't looked great. Um, I, I, you know what? I, I really do wonder about this team because if players don't start stepping up, this is going to be a team that's going to be fighting for a wild card spot. 
with this division because it's way too competitive. Pittsburgh improved, although how much is yet to be determined. The Islanders are still the Islanders. They're still going to be fighting for a spot. They'll be a competitive team. I think they'll probably scratch into one of those last spots. The Devils are a better team than the Rangers right now outside of their issues in net. And the Carolina Hurricanes are one of the more complete teams in the team uh, in the league. Again, problems in net. So, no, the Rangers are not a competitor right now. They don't look like a competitor. Again, it's preseason, so you don't want to put too much stock into it. But can anyone honestly look at themselves in the mirror and say that they have real high hopes for this team outside of management? Because maybe management does. But can any of the fans, can any of the analysts? I don't think so. And I've said over and over again that usually it takes time to adjust to a new coach, especially one that's going to put in a system, like an actual system. Like whatever Gerard Golan had was not a system. It's uh, – and as as Core's saying right here, uh, or Ranger Central, I should say, say Lavaliette's really had got his work cut out for him. The big flag with Laffy, uh, with Laffy for me is not only that he's not playing well, but he's not even engaged in the play. Not a good look for someone who is in a make or break year. Yeah, and I gotta, I gotta agree on on Alexei Lafreniere. What, like, what are you showing? Like, this is this is your career. Are you just hoping just to loaf and then you you moved out of town? Because. As I said in the article that I wrote on Big Apple Hockey Podcast or bhpod.com, like Alexei Lafreniere in the first preseason game, I'm well aware he went one-on-one with whoever the Bruins goalie was. I had his name down before that. I've already forgotten it. And Brandon Bussey. Thank you. That was – and it, it was no contest in the AHL goalie's favor. Not the number one overall draft pick. The consensus number one overall. And when people want to say things like, oh, well, you know what? They should, they should have passed on Lafreniere. Nobody was passed on Lafreniere. Nobody. It wasn't going to happen. So let's stop with that. You know, they should have traded down. Maybe they should have. Or, or, or whatever. But a circumstances dictated where that happened. Where the thing is with the Rangers, I'm going to give Laviolette the benefit of the doubt because I didn't give it to AV back in 2013. Uh, and I kept saying it's Don Nelson running the Knicks. This then, then the, the system took hold, the players adjusted. And next thing you know, the Rangers were in the Stanley cup finals a year later, they won a president's trophy and we're in the conference finals. So give Laviolette some time. What he needs is better efforts from, his budding star player that needs to do something. I mean, I, I, I use the word star. He's number one overall draft pick. Put up or shut up. I, I've, I've, I've had enough with him. So that's for one. And the other one is when he throws his backup goalie in there, don't be a sieve because that's another thing we're going to get to in bar talk later on when it comes to him. But this is there's, – there's a lot of questions, and it's also proof that the Rangers did not – develop these players in the right way none of them and thank you gerard glon for getting the rangers the conference finals but also thank you for pissing away the next four games after those first two wins that's a different story um sorry that's the fan of me speaking not the analyst but it's also the truth guys it's you know 
you, you, you weren't going to win a series by throwing Dryden Hunt in the middle of it. So, yeah, I mean, when you when he benched Capo Caco um, in that last game of that Tampa series last year or two years ago, rather, um, it kind of showed me where his mind frame was at. And the fact that he kept forcing round pegs into square holes just didn't make any just didn't make any sense to me. And Laviolette's going to come in, and he's going to make the right moves and the right pieces. I have faith in Laviolette. I just my questions are about the players themselves. I I just don't know what Blake Wheeler has left, and mm-hmm. I don't like the way that he's looked so far. I don't like the way that Alexi Lafreniere has looked so far, and there are going to be some major adjustments for some of the players when it comes to adapting to this system. So, and, and this is a real good question for Pete here. What's a realistic time frame to this team if Justin? We had that discussion with Lane Lambert in 21-22, I think, or it was last year? Was last year, last year. Yeah, we had that question with Lambert's with his first year with the Islanders. And I kept asking the question, when is the adjustment period over? And we never really had an answer until I would say maybe the – I don't know, the 40, 50 game mark where, where it was just kind of like, well, this might just be what they are. And it ended up being, that's what they were. And I think that's interesting to say, Phil, because Lambert had the defense engaging a lot more. The Islanders were scoring. They, they looked like they were going to be a more offensive team. And then kind of the month of December went, I always have this saying, you're always going to retreat to what you know. And it, it the, the Islanders just went back to being a defensive team. Now, the one thing I could say positively is the Islanders know they can keep the puck out of the net as yeah. opposed to say the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah. And, and the Islanders defense is, uh, it, it's a good unit on paper and it, it actually plays to the sum of its parts. It doesn't need more puck moving help. Yeah. Noah Dobson turning into a 60 point defenseman and, and starting to really excel in his own end and getting top pairing minutes would go a long way for that unit, but they do have the pieces on paper. I mean, they have three really good shutdown defensemen in Pollock, Pellick, and Scott Mayfield. And then you have a, a good puck mover in Dobson. You have a decent two-way guy, I guess you could call him that, Romanov, even though I think he's more of a – he leans a little more defensively. He can still skate a bit. But, I mean, they have pieces there. I want to address this right here because I've said this before on Twitter. I think that if there's not significant progress this year with Alexi Lafreniere, I think that if Drury finds a deal that he thinks can push them to that next level and get them to be a legitimate cup threat, I think Lafreniere is gone in that deal at the deadline. I it, they're, They are not going to pass up on a chance to get, one, something of value to him or value for him, and two, to get closer to a Stanley Cup. And if the right deal comes along, I can absolutely see Chris Drury pulling the trigger on it. If not, I think he's gone to the draft. I think this is going to be a type of deal that you're going to look for that guy that's going to fit this team well. And I brought up uh, 2014. Laffy for Stamkos? Nope. Nope. Not going to happen. I don't I don't care how much. And not straight up, I'll tell you that. That's, you know, there's a rule in improv. You say yes and. That's a yes and trade. Oh, sure. I'll take Lafreniere yeah, so. and. Yeah, so. Yeah, 
a first round pick. Yeah, and so. yeah, so what? Yeah, so yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. <laughs> see, I didn't even realize you were doing it first. I really get it. I kept yeah. saying it. Yeah, and and <laughs> but no, that's they're, they're no, gonna have to give it, away again, too much. It's, it, it, I I don't. I it, I think it might take more to get Stamkos than Lafreniere at that point. And I honestly, I think the Rangers would like to do something like that if he doesn't. But I think they would also have trepidations about trading a piece like that to Tampa Bay of all teams. Yeah, I also gonna I'm also gonna say this one, Philk, and we are stalling for a little bit of time to see if we can get Anthony on before we mention the Islanders. The um the other thing I would kind of go with on that is. I think right now in Stamkos' mind, it's he only wants to play for the Lightning. The thought hasn't occurred of playing for another team yet. Sort of like Marty St. Louis. Marty St. Louis did play in Calgary before that. That's a different story. But he was a lifelong Tampa Bay Lightning member. And then Iserman passes him up for the Olympics. And then it was, fuck this, I'm out of here. So um, I don't know if the thought of him wanting to leave is there yet. But it could. I don't think it is either. I th- I mean, all the comments say that he wants to stay. Now, you really don't have superstars that are that boisterous and vocal about staying in that manner. Usually it's like, oh, yeah, I'd love to stay, uh, but we'll see what happens. Or, you know, it's not really I can't a write my own contract. Well, yeah, you know, Stamkos coming out saying those words, I can't write my own contract. That tells me that he's really committed to staying to Tampa. Staying yeah. to Tampa. And I, the only way that I think that it doesn't happen is if they just decide that they want to go in another direction. And that, I mean, that could be it. I mean, would it be time? Sure, Tampa hitting the reset button would probably be the best thing for them. They do have some core pieces that are still within that age range where they could still be competitive and they could still kind of build around those to a point, but they need to start restocking the cupboard. They gave up a ton of picks for Tanner Janot. They Mm -hmm. do not have great prospect depth. Some of the worst depth in the league. Um, The guys that are their top prospects that have come up like Boris Kachuk and, and Taylor Radish and stuff like that. Like they really haven't had impacts at NHL level either. So you're hoping that, I mean, if they can get something of value, like a, like a Lafreniere going forward, like a, a reclamation project like that, they might take a chance on that, especially for a guy like Stamkos. So, um, I mean, I know people are – I just saw this. The I know the Hagel trade has been questionable by some, but, I mean, he had a 30-goal, 60-point year. He's been the exact type of player that they were looking for in that deal. And, yeah, I said that they gave up too much for him. But if he continues to produce like that, it's really not that much. It's really not. But um, And for all the people that are saying that Tampa Bay, all their moves always work out, that their rumple still skin, they, they spin strong to gold. Remember, JT Miller didn't blossom there. He went to Vancouver where he blossomed. So, yeah, yeah well, that's one. I mean, that, that's another comparison and parallel that you could draw to Alexei Lafreniere is the, just the lack of immaturity that JT Miller had, um, you know, in New York and, and Tampa. And the fact that 
he came out himself and said that it was the trade to Vancouver that really got him to start taking things a bit more seriously. Is that going to be the case with Alexi Lafreniere? Is, Probably. Is he going to is he going to have to be traded to really understand it? Because for me, this is a make or break year. Now, yeah. you, you, there's no noticeable difference in his play. Like if if that's the case, that's a really bad sign, and that's that's a sign of immaturity and just a lack of awareness. So and and Phil, I've scapegoated his position enough, and that the Rangers haven't invested in him the time that you would invest in a number one overall pick or Kako for that matter for a second overall pick. But this that's also on him. You got to go out and you got to go and play well and make them make them keep you in the lineup and play you more. Go up to your coach and say, I'll penalty kill. It's all right. If he's still thinking he's a star, guess what? You're not kid right now. You're, you're lucky if you're, if you're nail Yakupov. And I just invoked that name, the name that you don't want to mention. So and as far as, as, but as far as he goes, I'm, I'm in agreement with everybody. we got 28 of you watching right now. I got i uh, I'm in agreement with you guys. I, I think, I think Lafreniere might not even make January, if that's the case. You're looking for maybe a... I, I think he's moved at the deadline. If if they if they decide to move in midseason, I think he's moved by the deadline for a piece. Because let me throw out a name that actually was a bust here, worked out as well for a trade, and that was Michael Delzato. Because Delzato looked like he was going to be something, then, re- then regressed. Then he had a pretty good 2013 season. And then regressed again, and 12. then they traded him for Kevin Klein. Yeah, the 2012 year was his his real good. So he he was on and off. His rookie year in 2010 was good. His year in 2011 was awful. Yeah, the next year because he got set down in, in 2011, and then the year in 2012 he was good. Actually, you know, he had a pretty good year in 2013 offensively. I think the defense wasn't really there though. But in 2014, was, at one point, I think he was on the top pairing in 2013. So, uh, I don't remember him being on the top pairing in 2013. That was after, after Girardi and McDonough got put together in 2012. That was the top pairing from there on out. Mm. Okay. I mean, I'm trying to remember things from 10 years ago, (laughs) but Bilk, uh, let's go a couple more minutes and let's go right to the Islanders and ask, so what do you think they're realistic? Real, 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 what do you think they're realistic? Third try ex, expectations are. I, I think if I think, like I said before, I think they might make the playoffs as one of the wild card teams, probably the last wild card team. I just think this division is far too competitive. I, I think that there's three teams that you could probably put in from the Atlantic between um, Toronto I would say maybe Tampa, and then I think Buffalo could even end up being that third team for all we know. Um, but Boston got to keep the puck out of the net. Yeah, they got to. Yeah, that's the thing. You got to keep the puck out of the net. Boston, I think they're going to take a step back, but they're going to be competitive. So I mean, the Islanders are going to have a lot of competition. They're they're in that tier of teams that are going to try to that bubble tier that are going to try to fight to make it. Um, it depends on the scoring. Can Bo Horvat be better than the 25 to 30 goals he's 
spend a year normally in Vancouver? Uh, can Matt Barzell stay healthy and put up more points? Can he start shooting the puck more? Can Noah Dobson finally start to develop defensively? I mean, I, I, I have friends that they hate his defensive play. I mean, they think that his defensive play is part of the reason why they can't keep pucks out of the net at times. And they do have points. I think he's regressed a little bit defensively. And while he's gotten better offensively, I think he needs to learn how to balance the play. You got an elite goaltender, so you're going to be in there every game with Ilya Sorokin. He's one of the three best in the league. If the, I would say two right now between him and Shesterkin. And um, otherwise, the Islanders have good depth pieces, but where is the scoring? And that's been the issue for years. We're going back to bef- like before John Tavares was drafted. Mm-hmm. They needed top-end snipers for a very, very long time. I think we're going back to probably – Ziggy Palfy was the last legitimate elite upper end sniper that they had. Uh, Marius Tchaikovsky had a 30 goal season with them, but yeah, I think he I had a go 35 there. and a 30 goal season in 2000 and 2001. But Marius Tchaikovsky was not an elite upper end goal scorer. Palfy was a guy that was almost putting up 50 a year in his salad years with the Islanders, but yeah, it really. The Islanders need snipers. They need offense. Tomas Tatar would have been a nice little addition for them, but they brought back the same team. They brought back mm-hmm. the same team. I think they're they're the same thing, status quo, unless they go make a move with the deadline. I, I don't see where they improve, unless it's a matter of, hey, we're still adjusting to Lane Lambert's system, and now we finally have it down. But, again, I, I don't think that Lane Lambert is nearly as good of a coach as Barry Trotz was. But then again, Lambert tried to do things differently for Trotz, and that's why there was the adjustment. So it could go either way, but I, again, I still think of them as a bubble team. And if they, I, I think they will make it, but I think they're that last spot. I got them being more of a solid wildcard team if, if everybody stays healthy. And I try to think about injuries and stuff like that. If you got players with track records of getting injuries, I try to factor that in. I had them, I think I started jotting down numbers. I had them around 98 points. And that would put them in by about five points if you go with last year's numbers. Mm-hmm. I think if, because they looked good, the top line did last night of Barzell and uh, and Bo Horvat. And the second line looked pretty good with Engvall playing really well. So you got those two. Now it's a matter of, is that third line going to be healthy, which is going to be a question. I say that a little bit because uh, J.D. Pajot is usually good for a little bit of an injury. And uh, it's if, if they can get their power play around number 21, 22, and not 30, then you're looking at a team that just got enough offense to, to really be a threat on some nights. They're fifth in the, they were fifth in the NHL on goals against last year. Just All you got to do is just get a little bit more offense, and they're going to be fine. But – because we were talking about the Buffalo Sabres. You mentioned them for a second, Philk. The Buffalo Sabres, third most goals for in the league last year. Oh, third. Yeah. Seventh worst goals against. They were a minus four in their goal differential. That is not good enough. No. All right. Philk, we're going to do some rapid fire questions. Uh, I will try to be just as fast as you are. Uh, 
but give me your answer and uh maybe one sentence go with one sentence right there you ready okay okay we're gonna start with this will jack hughes score 110 points no i think 100 if possible don't think he scores 100 points i'm gonna go i'm actually gonna go over on this i have Tremendous amount of faith to Jack Hughes this year. Are the Pittsburgh Penguins a playoff team? No. I, I just think the goaltending and the lack of depth in defense is going to come back to haunt them. Agreed. How many points will the Boston Bruins get? 88. Now, I will actually say 91. going to go a little bit higher. Which team will have more points? The Ottawa Senators, the Buffalo Sabres, or the Detroit Red Wings? Going to Buffalo Sabres. I'm going Buffalo Sabres, too. Over or under 78 and a half points for Connor Bedard this season? Over. I, Over. I think he's capable of a 40-40-80 season. All right. So you're actually going to put him to it, it just below a point per game. All right. Or in, in around that area. Yeah, Will the yeah. Minnesota Wild win a playoff round? No. Don't 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 see what they did to improve this team. Better goal differential: the LA Kings or the Seattle Kraken? <sighs> That's a tough one. Um, I'm gonna go Seattle. Um, I don't trust LA's goaltending, even though I don't really trust Seattle's either. But I, I do think that. Haxtell has a better system going, and he gets a lot out of his players. So I'm, I'm going to trust my former North Dakota coach. All right. And uh, I actually agree with you. I'm going to go with the Seattle Kraken as well. What will be the last team to clinch a playoff spot? Wow. Okay. Oh, geez. Wow. <laughs> uh, Can't get into some layups. No, yeah, I I like this. It, it makes me think. Um, and it's such a specific question to covering so many teams in both conferences. Uh, I'm going to say it's going to be the New York Islanders, actually. All right. Uh, see, now I got to think about it. Yeah, uh, I'm. I to see. I I should have had my answer ready to go. You know something? I'm gonna go completely off the grid, Philk. The Vancouver Canucks. Somehow they can Dude, get the I, eight spot. I don't have that same faith that you do in them. I don't. I I I, I made it last year. I have to throw it out. I I gotta I gotta throw it out there. New You've coach. You've been trying to manifest this for two years now. Well, no. Well, last year was because Bruce. There it is. This year. Not so much. Last place in the NHL will be. I think I'm going to have to go with San Jose. Um, I, it, it just, that roster is just nothing there. Eric Carlson's gone. I mean, what prevents them from being last? They don't have great goaltending either. Uh, no, Boston last place. What? Whoa. No way! Oh, no Richie, that way. is that that Jeez. is that is a bit of a shocker to throw that one out. I, um, I, I can see why somebody would say Flyers, but um, I have a team 
with no talent on a coach by David Quinn, as opposed to a team with no talent on a coach by John Tortorella. And that's the difference. You know the Flyers were seven games below 500 last year. Only seven. And Only seven. Their, their guys are going to get better with age. And that's that's something you got to think about. I, I, I can't say the same in San Jose where they actually end up losing pieces. I And San Jose kind of needs them to be bad. Like yeah. Mike Greer is going to be selling off more pieces. My question still is how much more can Mike Greer sell them off? Who is going to be the first coach fired? Wow, that's another that's another interesting one. Um oh my god. <laughs> I think I got a good one. I'm hoping you're not gonna say his name. Um I don't think they would fire Jim Montgomery in Boston, especially after the season that they had, even if they things go south with them. Um Dallas is going to be good, so Peter DeBoer is not getting canned anytime soon. Um, Nashville just got a new coach. Um, honestly, I, I think it might be Craig Berube in St. Louis. Ah, oh, damn it. Yeah, I, I just... I was oh. just looking at the standings. I just had the standings up. Um, but, yeah, CBJ has hired a coach. It's Pascal Vincent. It's yeah, CBJ. Pascal Vincent is the guy that they hired. Yeah. And, yes, my guy is Craig Ber- Craig Berube. And uh, Ranger Central's reminding me once again, yes, I said Lindy Ruff by Thanksgiving. Who would have thought they'd actually be successful? Um, yeah. I did well, say they could. That's what, that's it, what it, happens it, when you go on a 14-game heater, so – yeah, you got a 14-game heater, and that's what happens. Yeah, so, I don't think uh, doing a 14-game heater again. But I, I think it's Barumi just because of the fact that um, I think even though Armstrong has given him his word and, and, and it's kind of vouched for him and everything like that, I, I just think that it may get to a point where they have to explore having a new voice in the room. And it's not really Barumi's fault. They've lost a lot of pieces. Players underperformed. Vladimir Tarasenko got old. It, it, it happens, but Ryan O'Reilly traded. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it needs to uh, be time. And no, technically, Babcock was not the first coach fired because he never got to coach a game for the team. So and also the season hasn't started yet. The, season, the regular season has not started yet. Yeah. The, Even Babcock. Their year has started. Yeah. The regular season has not started. All right, and yeah, I I also think with Barube, your your number one problem is what is going to save him. Uh, you're going to get good season. Look, Cairo and Thomas are good players, but it's going to be Jordan Bennington, and Jordan Bennington, Jordan Bennington is is the worst marriage in the NHL. Yeah, and Babcock resigned. He resigned. He wasn't fired. He was pushed out. So he wasn't fired, so he doesn't fall into this conversation anyway. Isn't it, by the way, funny how close resigned and resigned? are together but um yeah. it's just one one hyphen that's it uh, jordan biddington is, is stuck in st louis for another four years so 2027 yeah like big piss baby biddington is uh just he's not the answer in that he's not he looks more like a worse version of bill ranford uh yeah for, for anyone who can remember bill ranford um 
and the way that he was in 1990 in Edmonton and how he won the Conn Smythe, and then he turned into a real average goaltender who ended up being an okay backup, pretty good goalie coach now post you know NHL career. But Bill Ranford's career arc looks a lot very 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 similar to Jordan Bennington's right now. So yeah, I think uh, right now Jordan Bennington wishes he could be Dan Cloutier. So that's there. There's he another name. He could give up beach balls from center ice to Nick Lidstrom. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I mean, Jordan Pennington has, has got a, there, buddy. he's got a sub 900 save percentage. It's still in the eight nineties. I think it was eight ninety four, and a, like a 3.31 goals against average. And those are numbers I should have off the top of my head. Cause I got the central division article. This is a real yeah. interesting one here from John Radigan. Uh, Dean Edison could be one. If things go south for Minnesota. Like I yeah. wonder, I always said that if Kaprizov gets hurt, Minnesota is going to have a real tough time making the playoffs. But at the same time, does that give Dean Everson an out and a pass if Kaprizov gets hurt? Uh, I got this That's question. Does Bill Guerin give him a pass? Because he's basically handcuffed his own front office from $14 million. That is almost a seventh of the salary cap. That's that that's a lot of money that that's at least two or three players that you could have in there. So you might, they might say we got a good thing with Dean Evison. Let's just keep running them out there. Phil, like I flip flop these because I want to know who's your disappointing team. Ooh, the team that's going to disappoint. Yeah. That's tough. Now you have me looking at the standings again. Sorry. Um, yeah. Look at all the teams up and down and say, hey, this team. I've got two candidates that could be real disappointments, and a lot of you guys aren't going to like one of them. Um, the first one for me could be the Calgary Flames. The Calgary Flames, if they don't get the bounce-back effort from Jonathan Huberdo and – some of the other guys there that need to really start pulling their weight again. And it, it, and it turns out that Sutter wasn't the problem. That could be a very long year in Calgary. The other team that could be real disappointing, things don't go right for them, is the New York Rangers. Mm-hmm. And I'll be perfectly honest with you. The, the, again, tons of questions about this Rangers team right now. And I'm not, I'm not even just saying that because of their performance in preseason – has nothing to do with that. Has everything to do with the fact that you're waiting for Capo Caco to break up. You're hoping that Alexi Lafreniere is not a completely immature child that hasn't still hasn't gotten the message. You're hoping that Blake Wheeler can find some sort of gas left in that tank. Um, who knows what's happening at backup right now because Jonathan Quick's either hurt or he's getting just getting dropped like a bad habit because he's been trash. More on that in a minute, everybody. Um, I honestly, I a lot of questions about the Rangers. So those are two teams that I could, I think, could be real strong candidates for this if things go wrong. Uh, I'm, I'm sticking with the Pittsburgh Penguins. I first guessed this. I've second guessed this. I've third guessed it. What are you doing, Gary? Getting Eric Carlson? They have, they, they, they basically can have their roster full of wheelchairs. 
Jake Gensel, what's going on over there with that contract situation? Is there any money to pay? I'm sure Dubas, I think, is going to find it. But it's because he always finds ways to find. But, I mean, Eric Carlson, that was the answer? <laughs> yeah, well, it's an, it's an easy one. Again, course, sometimes you have to do that in order to talk about a subject. All right, Phil, <laughs> what is your surprise team? Wow. Um, that's another real interesting one. Does it have to be a team that makes the playoffs? Or do you think it's going to make the playoffs? Does, they're they're going to improve greatly because I don't think Marlins going to make the playoffs. They're going to improve. Okay. Um, I really have a feeling about Columbus. I don't know why, but I have a feeling about Columbus. Uh, I, I just think that they – I think that the whole thing with Babcock is probably going to galvanize this team. And they're going to come together, and I think they're going to play better than people expect. I, I think Ken Johnson's going to take a big step this year. I think that's going to help having Gaudreau and Line A. Gaudreau there for a year. Line A, I, I think, is going to play better. I think Line A is even probably going to play some, uh, a decent amount of center this year. Um, the other team that I think is going to surprise is Arizona in the West. Uh, I just, I, I, I really do think that this team has pieces that are going to make them more competitive. If they just play better with, you know, Vimelka and net Vimelka's uh, Vimelka to me is a solid starter. He's a middle of the middle of the pack starter in terms of the starting goaltenders in the league. I think he's a lot better than people will give him credit for. But they've not had the pieces over the years. Now you started adding pieces. Logan Cooley looks to be the part. It looks like he's going to be an absolutely special player. Uh, I I do like this team going forward. I think this is a year where they take a step. You son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) I said surprise team, not two. I'm sorry. There, there are two teams per conference in these two conferences. I just, I can't, I, I can't sit there and not mention Arizona because I do think they're going to as well. It's a one A one B for me. Arizona's mine too. Uh, I think right now with Arizona, they're that uh, sort of like in Van Wilder, where the teacher says at the end of the professor, whatever, and says, "Let's see what this kid can do." I think that's where Arizona is in their development. They got other pieces that they got that are going to be coming in, like say. Uh, Daniil Boot and uh, Simashev that's going to be coming up eventually. And they passed on Matvey Mitchkov. I think that's another thing that makes them say, you know what, let's go for this now. Clayton Keller outscored uh, Austin Matthews and Steven Stamkos last year. And if Logan Cooley puts up 50 to 60 points with that roster, they're starting to build something out there. And everybody wants to make fun of him for it. I'll be seeing him in three weeks, by the way. Uh, Mullet Arena. Everybody wants to make fun of that. They're, they're six games they're above 500 at Mullet, Mullet Arena. Yeah. So you're telling me they're good at home? All yeah. they got to do is be – they were abysmal on the road last year. Don't get me, yeah. don't get me wrong on that. Um, but all they got to do is be a little bit better, and you just got to get a uh, gotta get a backup and maybe not let, let – um, uh, I want to make sure I pronounce his name right. Carl Vimelka. Oh, okay, good. I got it. 
Um, I've been saying it a lot the last two years. I should have remembered. It, it, all they got to do is not leave them on an island. They might be a real solid team. Let's go to the awards, Philk. And let's go with the first one. Automatic finalist of this is the Calder Trophy. Automatically, Connor Bedard. Are you going to go Connor Bedard or the field? I got to go Bedard. I got to. And, and the reason why is I, I think Cooley is going to be there. I think Adam Fantilli is going to be there in Columbus because I think he's going to play top minutes. Um, I, I And I think Devin Levi is the other guy that I would really look at and say that I, I think those three can challenge Bedard. But Bedard is going to be the guy that Chicago's raw offense runs through. He's going to play so many minutes a game, and their entire power play is going to run through him. I also think that he's got the best shot I've ever seen. I think his hand placement is flawless. I think his technique is flawless. I think his ability to generate power on shots in tight, quickly, while making moves, it's unprecedented how good of a shooter he actually is. And, and he bulked up. He bulked up. Did you ever did you did you see what he looked like in street clothes? No. Kid looks like a brick shit house. <laughs> he looks like a brick shit house. He's he, it's not that he's it's not like he's like huge, but he's ripped and his quads got huge. So um I, I think the skating's not gonna be a problem for him. So for me, I gotta take Bedard over the field. Um I'm gonna throw two more names out at you that I think by the way, I think this might be one of the best rookie classes. We're seeing Ever. it a long time. Ever. I, I, this is easily the best one since 2005, 2006. 2005, 2006 will always be the best one. Because how do you go against having Ovechkin and Crosby be rookies? That's a good that's a good one, too. I forgot about that Johnny, one. Joy as you know, with 100 points in Boston. Eric Lindros would have scored 100 points in Philadelphia had he not missed time. And you haven't mentioned Timu Solani yet, right? I did. Oh, okay, you did. Player. I thought you said McGilney. No, he so had 76 long. goals. Sean McEachern had 65 points on Pittsburgh's third line. <laughs> you forget how good that Pittsburgh uh, 93 team was. Um, no, I'm going to mention two, uh, a couple more points. names for you, Phil. And first I'll start with, especially if there's an injury that happens to Dougie Hamilton, look for Luke Hughes to jump up in those rankings by a lot. I watched him last he night. He was, he was real good. Now – here, here's another name to throw out there for you, Matthew Nyes. And everybody keeps I, – I was I was blowing up the hype on this guy. If he's playing on the top line, he'll put up the numbers. He'll put up the numbers. I wonder if he gets bunting, though, like where people start to look at him and they say, oh, well, he's playing with Matthews and, and Marner and, and those guys, and they just – they discredit him because of that. I, I Listen, I, I, I think Matthew Nyes is going to be a really good player. And could I see him scoring 50, 60 points this year? Yeah, mm-hmm. depending on who he's playing with and the time that he gets and how he's utilized. Yes, it's possible. But I I, I see him as an outside shot to win. Who will win the Norris Trophy for league's best defenseman? Um, I want to be a homer and say Adam Fox again. <laughs> I really do. Um I will give you two guys that I think are going to have very, very strong years. One is Rasmus Dahlin. Yeah, you're going to say my guy, yeah. Rasmus Dahlin is, for me, he's just – 
I, the total package right now, I, the speeds there, the skating, the, the size, the skill, the awareness, uh, the vision, the passing, shooting. Um, the other guy that I really like and I, I loved hearing about what he did this offseason was Miro Haskin and, and the way that he tried to improve his shot. Like he scored 70 points last year and had 10 plus goals. And you're telling me that he's working on his shot. He's he's going to be an absolute stud, absolute stud. He's already there. I I I think this is the year that one of those two wins it because again the NHL doesn't seem to like to give out um, repeat winners. Yep. So I don't I don't think you're going to see it from a car. I think his offensive numbers might suffer a little bit too. Uh, Fox will probably play like the best defenseman in the league, the best all around defenseman. But I don't think he's going to get it again unless he scores like 80 plus points and has like analytics level 99 percentile and every single facet goal saved above average, um, you know, all that other stuff, chances for against and everything like that. All of his analytics are all insane. But um, and for me, it's I, I think it's either Darlene or Hayes and wins it this year. Uh, I was going Rasmus Darlene the entire time and. As we went on our tirade on uh, on uh, Alexei Lafreniere before and talking about the development, Capococco and such, mm-hmm. the Rasmus Dahlin was completely lost two years ago, and you, you didn't know what was going to be his future. And then last year, boom, he explodes. The switch went off. He gets it. You could have made an argument he could have been a finalist last year. Now, I agree with you 100%, Phil. The, the NHL doesn't like giving out to repeat winners. That's why I still think they went with Roman Yossi. Sorry, uh, Kel McCarr over Roman Yossi. I love Kel McCarr. He's going to win multiple Norris's. I didn't think he should have won the one that he got. And then last year, they could have given it to Fox. Instead, they went with a guy that's on a la- uh, second-to-last place team. Yeah, he got 100 points. So what? He was a minus 26. Give me a break on Eric Carlson. So that's that's sort of my point of view on that one. I do think it's Darlene. I think it's going to be Darlene because they've gone away from you need to make the playoffs in order to win this, and they've been doing it since Fox. And it's sort of like, I guess Adam Fox was sort of like the Felix Hernandez. He was of, the first one to do it. He was the first one to be on a non-playoff team and win it. And now that precedent was broken. Eric Carlson wasn't the first defenseman to score 100 points in a season and not win the Norris Trophy. Al McInnes scored 100 points in 91, and Ray Bork won it that year. So there Mm -hmm. was precedent to the point where Carlson shouldn't have won it, and he shouldn't have. He wasn't the best defenseman. He wasn't the best defenseman. And if not for McCarr's injury last year, then I I, I would have put him up there. He was still a finalist anyway. I thought Fox should have won it. Fox should, I mean, yeah, and and Fox got screwed out because his when Ryan Lindgren went went down, it was even harder for him to play, and he didn't mesh as well with a brand new defensive uh, defenseman that he was paired with. So, uh, I mean, and I think one thing that's gonna hurt uh, Haskinen is I think one of the guys we're gonna mention in the Vesna Trophy right now could be a guy that could get it, and who will win the Vesna Trophy? 
for next year. And it's fitting that we have Mr. Anthony Rocco getting ready to come on with us right now because this it was almost like he knew we, this was the question we were on. Philk, who was the Vezda Trophy winner for next year? I'm going to say it's one of the two Russians in New York. Uh, I, I, I think Igor Shosturkin is going to have a big bounce back year. I think he's pissed at the way he played last year, and that's scary. And I know Soros, sorry, but that team in Nashville ain't going to give him the wins that he's going to need. I was a big believer in Soros last year, not this year. Who's going to be able to win them games? That's what I want to know. Answer right. They're going to push more offense in Nashville. It's going to take away from their defense. Who who outside Phil Forsberg and Ryan O'Reilly has given them the offense needed to win the games? Um, but I think if Sorokin has another year, like the year he had this past year, and they the Islanders make the playoffs – I, I think Sorokin could win it. And the reason part of the reason is is like I just said before, they don't like to give to repeats. They like to spread the awards around. So I could easily see them saying, Hey, you know what? We're finally gonna recognize this guy as one of the true greats and give him the award that he probably deserved probably last year. So I, I could I could see it. Anthony, is somebody going to lean us all mark Ilya Sorokin or is it Ilya Sorokin's year? And by the way, did you hear? Did you hear that we were talking about the Vesna? That's why you had to sign on. Right no, there? no, oddly enough, that's just a funny timing. Um, I mean, no, look, you, I mean, you basically said it right there. I mean, Sorokin was second in the Vesna uh, voting last year. If it weren't for Linus Olmark doing what he did, he would have brought home his first Vesna trophy. Um, you know, it's hard to definitively say who's going to win it. I mean, there's a lot of good goaltenders in the league. Um, I mean, with that said, when, you know, the staff of athletic writers did their way, what they call the way too early predictions um, back in July, um, Sorokin garnished 56.1% of the vote of uh, of all of them to win the Vesna. Um, second was Shesterkin at 16%. So that just goes to show how, you know, how high some of these guys are on Sorokin going into this season. Um, you know, but again, with that said, it's it's impossible to say definitively, oh, you know, Ily Sorokin's going to win the Vezina Trophy. You just never know, you know, what's going to happen. I mean, what I can say confidently is that, you know, Sorokin's going to be in the mix. You know, obviously, you know, Igor's going to be in the mix. Um, you know, Connor Hellebuck's a good goaltender. I'm sure he's going to have good stats again. Um so, yeah, I mean, I would say, I mean, I mean, I would have been wrong if I said this last year because I'm, I'm going to say there's like maybe like five guys who I think could realistically win the Vesna Trophy. Um, you know, Olmark wouldn't have been in those five if I said that last year. But mm -hmm. um, I think that's I think that's more of an outlier. Um, so I am comfortable when I say I think there's five goalies that could win it next year. And I think that's Sorokin, Justerkin, um, Hellebuck, um, Ottinger. Or and then maybe Saros. I know Nashville's not as good, but he's still a very good goaltender. Um, I, so those, those I would say would be the five. But again, you, you, I mean, you never know. Like someone could come out and pull a line of Solmark, you know. So who knows? I I really have my doubts about Hellebuck and Saros with the way that their teams are going right now. Like I said before, who's going to score the goals in Nashville to help them win games outside of Philip Forsberg and Ryan O'Reilly? Forsberg is a great player. But, Which kind of leads me to one team that we have lofty expectations for all of us, and you just said it with the vet with the um the Norris Trophy, and I'm going to go to the Vesna Trophy for him. 
I would not be surprised if Jake Ottinger took this home. And yeah. he he's another guy that yep. like they might you might get people that go away from the New York bias, or maybe he just puts up such good numbers that it's just you can't ignore him. And he's gonna have a boatload of wins this year. That is for sure. He's a great goalie on a great team. A great goalie on a great team. And certainly somebody that's it, – it's like there, there, might, there might even be possibly somebody nominated for this award that could be on there. Guys, who will win the Hart Trophy? And by the way, prerequisite, Connor McDavid is automatically a finalist, everybody. Anthony, I'm going to start with you on this one. I mean, as, as long as Connor McDavid's in the league, it's it, – it's hard not to say that he's gonna, you know, he's gonna win it because you know he's gonna put up. I, I would say, you know, a hundred and twenty as a baseline just by playing conservative. So, um, I mean, it's it's hard to imagine him not winning it. I mean, he's at the top of his game. Um, you know, he's he's the best player of, you know, our generation. I mean, you know, Crosby falls in that category too. But um, I think McDavid's the best player we've seen in a long time. So, I mean, easy answer, McDavid. But if you want me to give like a little more, not necessarily out of the box, but just a, another another name, um, you know, and even this kind of falls in almost in that same category as McDavid is because he's absolutely ridiculous. But Leon Dreisaitl, I mean, I think Dreisaitl is another guy who could have 120 points. Um, you know, you can make the argument he's the second best player in the league. Um, you know, you could throw out <clears> – <throat> So, excuse me, you could throw out Nathan McKinnon. Uh, I mean, you know, Austin Matthews. Uh, I mean, one of my favorites, Kir- Kirill Kaprizov. I-, I love Kirill Kaprizov. I think, you know, if you look at his the, the help that he has in Minnesota, uh, and this is no knock on guys like Zuccarello and Boldy. They're, you know, they're good hockey players. But, um, you know, this isn't like, you know, Kucherov having Point and Stamkos and Marner having Matthews and McDavid and Dreisaitl. I think he he's at a far... Um, more of a deficit, but um, so those are just some names off, you know, off the top of my head uh, that I think will be in the mix um, if it's not McDavid. But um, if I were to, if I were a betting man, and I always say I am, <laughs> I, I would say McDavid will will win the heart. But um, those are just some other names. Phil, ah, uh, I know I said it last year, and then it ended up not happening because he. I don't know why he didn't win it, but he was he was finished fifth in voting. But it was it's Nathan McKinnon for me. I I I really think that with guys like Gabriel Landeskog being done for the year, and just some of the I guess the the retooling that's been done with this team to kind of get them along, they're not really viewed as that stacked team anymore. Going into this season, this past season. They were still viewed as that stacked team. Now they're not. Kadri's gone. Landeskog is may may never play again. For all we know, uh, I Nathan McKinnon had 111 points in 71 games last year. That's insane. That's insane. He was probably about 125 point pace over 82. You get you get Nathan McKinnon scoring at that pace, or if he has a 120 point season on this team, even if I, I think it would take another 150 or maybe even a 160 point season from McDavid for the Riders to say, "Hey, you know what? 
McKinnon was the best guy. McDavid may have had the best season, but McKinnon was the most important. Yeah, and I think that's where it gets lost. When people want to say stuff like, oh, it's going to be McDavid no matter what. He puts up X amount of numbers. Well, when the next guy below you has got, um, like, like uh, say, for instance, uh, I'm trying to think, uh, 129 or something like that, I think it diminishes your importance a little bit when number two in scoring is your teammate. I'm going, I'm going Jack Hughes this year. I think it's Jack Hughes all the way. Uh, I, I, I watched the game that he was that he was playing. He looks amazing. Uh, again, uh, my former high school teammate's nephew. Uh, this this guy is this guy's amazing. I, I I run out of superlatives. The goal that he scored that it was. Uh, Nemich back to Brat, touch pass over to Hughes, and he just rifled it over uh, the glove of of Sorokin. It's, I think this guy is ready to be an MVP if he's not a finalist. And yes, uh, McDavid, it look, McDavid is unreal, but eventually you end up having to give the MVP to somebody else. What but, if he scores a hundred? What if he yeah. has another 60 goal, 150 point season? Then that's the that's again. Then what are you going to do? If he has, you know, a, we're, we're, we're crossing into Gretzky levels of dominance. If this guy does that again, yeah. My my problem, and I think we've talked about this before, but I'll just kind of rehash it. My problem with the most valuable player trophy is that um, it's not really, really essentially the most valuable player. It's basically just like almost the best player. I mean. He, you know, he he powers the Oilers. But if you take McDavid off the Oilers, you know, you still have Drysaddle there. I still think there's an, enough for them to be a competitive competitive team. No. If you no. if you kind of look at the most valuable, no. if you look at the most valuable player trophy in the truest sense of the word, like if you take Kirill Kaprizov off the Wild, there are, you're saying no. But if you take Kirill Kaprizov off the Wild, they're a bad team. If you're in, yeah, they are a bad team. You're breaking up hard the Islanders. They're a bad team. If you, if you take Nikita Kucherov off the Tampa Bay Lightning, they have, with Braden Point, Hedman, Stamkos, they likely have enough to still make the playoffs. If if you take you know Mitch Marner off the Maple Leafs, you still have Austin Matthews, John Tavares, William Nylander, probably still a playoff team. I think there's a big distinction between the two. There is, but you're wrong about a lot of that. And in the sense that if you I'm take just... Connor McDavid – off of Edmonton, Connor and David, they're not Edmonton's not a playoff team without Connor McDavid. You, you see how much trouble they have keeping the puck out of their net with McDavid in the lineup, and he has the puck for how much of the time? What do you think is going to happen to that team defensively when you lose the best player in the entire world? They're going to suck. And the same for Tampa now. You get rid of Kucherov from that lineup now, Tampa's terrible at that point. They those guys do not produce the same way, same way without Kucherov. Sorry, they just don't. You're right about Toronto. Toronto still has pieces. Some of the other teams, okay, maybe they have pieces. But Edmonton and Tampa, absolutely not. I think they could still be a pretty good oh, team with just Drysdale leading them. Sorry, Ant. I was going to say, I think Tampa Bay is still phenomenal. Braden Point and Steve Stamkos and Hedman and Sergachev without, without Kucherov. I think you they're think, still a good you team. Think, so you're telling me right now that you think Braden Point would be a guy that would still score 40 to 50 goals and 90 points without 
Nikita I mean, Kucherov in that lineup. You gotta, remember, you got to factor in the numbers and how they're going to be effective when you lose a guy like Kucherov who is a 110 to 120 point scorer. Think about that. You're removing that from your lineup. And especially most of those braided point goals, they're coming from Kucherov on the right side, feeding the puck on the power play. That power play is completely different without that right side one-timer one, hand, one with the left-handed shot from Kucherov. Tampa Bay's yeah. power play is one of the best setups we've ever seen because one-timer, right-handed, Ovechkin's, uh, Ovechkin spot. One-timer, left-handed, the other side. Point, Victor Hedman, booming shot. Braden Point, bumper spot. And then you can do whatever the hell you want with everybody else. All right, guys. Who is the biggest name that will be traded at the NHL trade deadline? Bilk, start with you. Wow, you had to start with me on this one? <laughs> All right, Anthony, we'll start with you. Well, it's so feel like a little insight. Mark came up with this because Pagnota emailed all the people that, you know, kind of work for him at TFP with, with these picks, and this was one of them. So I had to answer this question. So that's Mark piggybacking off of it. But um, ah. so – I thanks, Dave. I had I'd kind of went through it. I mean, I could have kind of took the easy way out and said Shifley or you know Lindholm, a guy who's a pending UFA who there's been whispers he may not want to stay. Um, so I went I went with Noah Hannafin because I think he's a guy that's definitely not going to resign in Calgary, so I think he's going to be traded. Um, but I, I did say I wanted to say Jake Gensel because if but I don't think Pittsburgh's going to be bad enough at the deadline where they would sell him. Um, because he's a pending UFA too. So I, I stuck with Noah Hannafin. But um, you know, I, I just again I could have said Shifley, I could have said, you know, Hellebuck, I could have said Lindholm, but you know, those could be somewhat, you know, almost obvious. And um, you know, I, I also think those teams might still be somewhat competitive. Uh I know Hannafin plays in the same team as Lindholm, but I think with Hannafin, I think I think he's gone for sure. I mean, he's an American kid. Um, I think he wants out of Canada, so that's why I think he's, you know, he's definitely would sign somewhere else. So I think Calgary will definitely move him at some point. So I went with Hannafin. Uh, I'm gonna def- I'm gonna define by the way that it could be anywhere between January to March. All right. Well, yeah, well, I was about to say, why don't we just say by the deadline, just to kind of, yeah. you know, but I think. And I, I just I, I I wanna say this name just because I think this team is gonna be so I think they're gonna be bad. And there's already been talks about this player saying that he wants this team to be better. Otherwise he's gonna want out basically. It's Pedersen. Wow. I, I I just I I have the only problem I have with it is is how do you make that deal during a season? That's really that's, that's a tough that's, deal that's, to make during the season. That's, yeah, that's usually an off-season deal. But I, I, I could absolutely see things going south for Vancouver, and then a team reaching out to Vancouver and saying, "What do you want for him? We know there's been rumblings in the past. What would it take to get him?" I, I don't think that he would necessarily be moved, but I want to say that name just because it would be so damn exciting to have. Someone like Pedersen moved at the deadline. Uh, I'm probably going to have to go with, I, I, I would say, Hellebuck, maybe. All right. 
since you said Hellebuck, I'm sitting there, Philk, and I'm trying to think right now, do I go with the aggressive selection or do I go with the, the one that's obvious? Hellebuck is a little bit more of my obvious one. I'll tell you one guy that might not be the obvious one, and we just kind of we kind of talked about this a little bit in our group chat. I would not be surprised if it's Devontae's. And he's a UFA. He's going to command a lot of money. They have his replacement potentially in Bowen Byram right behind him. If that's the case, they can get back NHL players and assets to go get to go get him because he'll be in high demand at the deadline. I just yeah. now I'm saying this, I'm throwing this out there. That's the more aggressive one because Colorado is going to be good. How do you justify trading one of your best defensemen at the deadline for assets? And there's a potential that they could still re-sign him with the cap going up. Although the cap going up is like the promise, like, oh, we're going to Disneyland tomorrow when you're a kid. You're like, oh, we're going to Disneyland? No, yeah, we're going to Disneyland. Um, I mean, obviously, Lindholm is a big name. Uh, Mark Scheifele, there's another name that could that could be moved. Uh, there's, there's a lot of those guys. And a lot of these situations don't materialize right away like Claude Giroux didn't materialize. Um, and then he went to the Panthers. All right. Bilk, what is your Stanley Cup finals? And it, this is a big one. Who was winning it? <laughs> this is this is always the tough part. And it, it, these these answers are never I don't I really can't say this with conviction. You yeah, know, you gotta especially Phil, this is a tough year to predict it. I think there's a lot of good teams, and there's a lot of good teams with holes. Like, uh, by the way, everybody, make sure you like, share, and subscribe, and hit the bell for us. Um, a lot of good teams with holes. That's that. Like, you look at, you look at. Does uh, teams that are high scoring have the goaltending? Do the teams that have the great goaltending do they have the defense? Are other teams tough enough? Then you look at the Florida Panthers, who were able to do everything. And, and coming up from the bottom, and just like that, I was all alone, everybody. Uh, how about that? Um, so it's there's a lot to play with, and I guess you know what? We'll go with uh, we'll go with the team that I say is is gonna go all the way, guys. I can't believe I'm saying this. It's the Dallas Stars over the New Jersey Devils in the Stanley Cup Finals. I've been working this out in my head. And, oh, we got Phil back, so uh, get him in there. Uh, I think it's going to be Dallas Stars or the New Jersey Devils. A rematch of the 2000 Stanley Cup Finals, except I think this is going to go back to, to the heart of Texas. Phil, I just look at the Dallas Stars. Unless someone does something stupid, like take a five-minute major when you're down two goals within the first or or the first period, or you give up a goal in the first minute, Jamie Ben, uh, then I think Dallas probably is going to send the best top nine out there. Ryan Suter has fallen back, but if Jake Ottinger can be as good as he's been, I mean, he didn't have a great playoff last year, 
He wasn't that guy that you saw versus Calgary. You're like, oh, my goodness, this guy's going to steal a Stanley Cup for, for Dallas. I think Dallas can do it. And New Jersey, I just think I look at their top line. We're going to talk about them and bar talk in a minute, everybody. And I just think they're they're going to be incredible. I have Dallas coming out of the West. Out of the East, I don't even know. I really don't. The East is so wide open this year. East it, is so wide open. It, it it could be a bunch of teams, honestly. I, I I I the safe pick tells me to say Carolina. Just because but they haven't won a conference finals game since George W. Bush was president. The last game they won, they won the Stanley Cup. Yeah, it's. The other, the other team that I would look at with conference uh, for the Eastern Conference, I would say maybe would be Toronto. I, I know that it's not a popular one, but Toronto is going to be the cream of the crop in that division, and I think that division is going to be really weak. And I think they could beat a team like Carolina, depending on the goaltending they get. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I just – I'm going to go with Toronto. I'm just going to say for the hell of it, I'm going to go Toronto. And who wins it? I'm going to say Dallas. I'm going to say Dallas in six games. All right, wow. So the Dallas Stars of the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I feel like the East was very difficult to try to judge. Is Does somebody pull a Florida, get worse in order to get better? And – that's that's a situation that had to go through my head too. Like, is do teams have? You got the Islanders that are all grit and not much skill. You got other teams like Toronto, which has got a lot of skill. They've added a lot of grit. Um, I don't know about that. And um, hopefully, getting Anthony back in a minute. But his pick was the Hurricanes over the Dallas Stars in the Stanley Cup Finals. Yeah, I, you know um, what? I, I like what Toronto did, though. I, I guess I get that they lost Bunting, but they added Bertuzzi and they added Domi. David Camp's still there. Yarn Crook's there. You, you you brought in a guy like Reeves. I think Nyes takes the next step. Their defense worries me. I I don't I don't like their defensive unit, but I do think that they're going to go make trades at the deadline for a goaltender. And for a defenseman, and I think that's why they're going to be over the over the top. Um, I, I just think that oh, Boston now, unless Boston yeah. gets Mark Shifley, I, I, I think Boston could get to the playoffs with Shifley. I don't. I, I still don't think that they're strong enough to win a cup otherwise. And uh, Pete, I got to ask you this one: Carolina, they made the Stanley Cup Finals in two thousand and two. So they clearly won conference finals. Game. Yeah, they won a Stanley Cup finals game in 2002. Ron Francis in overtime in game one. You yep. should know that, Pete. Ooh, Matthews is hurt by November playing PK. Ouch. Yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Um, um, hopefully not really the case. But as music is saying, Toronto's goaltending is consistent enough. Yeah, well, that's why Again. I said I, I think they go out and they make trades for both defense and goaltending at the deadline. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, Rich, we'll we'll go through what the forward lines are before I don't the show's know what over. The forward lines are going to be. I don't think anybody knows what the forward lines are going to be. Laviolette's been tinkering around with them, so you're uh, we we have just as much information on that as you do. And Matt is saying, or I think he wants to know what our forward lines are. Uh, Rich, I'll definitely put them in the comments. What my thoughts would be, but again, now a lot of that's changing because you're not seeing much out of Alexei Lafreniere. It's it's very difficult. Um. But you look at the, you know, as Matt's saying right here, Hurricanes top nine, that is a stacked top nine. And Dallas's top nine is right there too. And he does mention some Dallas is the best top nine in the league. Yeah. Adding a 50-point score for nothing. And he still has tread on his tires in Matthew Shane. So it'll be interesting to see. Matthew Shane is like a point-per-game player almost. You added that to that Dallas offense with Robertson, hence Pavelski, who just doesn't seem to age. Uh, ben is back. Even if Ben doesn't score 70 points, again, let's just say he's a 55, 60-point player. That's still depth. You still added Matt Duchesne to that. That Dallas team is stacked. Yeah, and as Tommy's saying right here, New Jersey is primed for a few runs with the Encore. New Jersey is what happens when your number ones actually pan out and produce like they should. We all know Lafrikako won't equate to Hughes and Heischer. Well, also those are two number ones. Kako's not a number a number a number one. So we'll, yeah, Kako gets a little bit of a break right there. Heischer actually jumped up. A lot of people thought it was going to be Nolan Patrick, and uh, I'm yeah. Nolan Patrick's out of the league now, right? No, yeah, Nolan Patrick's no longer in the league. Um. He's just, it, it just, I feel bad for him. It's just a lot of concussions and, and a lot of injuries before he ever played an NHL game, you know, just for some reason in junior, just some guys get hurt. And he was one of those guys that gets hurt. So Ranger Central is asking, does the fact that New Jersey almost lost to a Gerard Gallant coach team concern me? It does a little bit. And uh, them getting lit up, their goaltenders in the second round, also just as bad. My question is, and I ask this a lot of a lot of times, and Phil, you've known I've asked this millions of times. Can the goaltender ha- be able to endure the wear and tear? Like Alexander Georgia playing 62 games last year, most he ever played in his career almost by double. That was uh that basically set him up. He might have been gassed by in, in that Seattle series because he didn't exactly look hundred percent, but his save percentage, uh nine one nine was incredible during the year. Now, Vanacek and Schmid aren't they're, they they're going to be used more as a tandem. I still would rather see a number 1 guy get 50 to 60 games and then you know they can at least endure for the regular season. Obviously, Sorokin, Sisterkin, Vasilevsky all can do that. And yes, it comes back to our days of watching Mike Richter in 1994 play the most games he ever did in his career. Uh, Henry Glundquist, 70 games played. Martin Bordeaux, 70, I think 73, 74 games played. Oh, and there's another guy I forgot about, Wyatt Johnston. He was up yes. there. He had 20 goals, 40 points as a rookie. He's going to get better. Tyler yep. Sagan, Tyler Sagan bounces back, and Jamie Benz scores 60 or so points, and Wyatt Johnston takes a step forward. Who the hell is beating Dallas with that? if everything goes right for them. Right. And I got to say, it's like Dallas. I'm looking at them and just thinking, goodness. Now, here's the thing. 
I get on him all the time. Pete DeBoer teams, they'll do really well, and then suddenly they'll just lose a playoff series that they should win or something goes wrong. Mm-hmm. I I think he finally gets it done. And once he wins the Stanley Cup, like Bruce Cassidy did last year, nobody is going to talk about him in this. They're going to talk about him as one of the best coaches in the NHL, which is where he should be. But that is all right. That is it for our season preview right there. We're going to go right into bar talk because we got a lot more to talk about today, guys. Yeah. And uh, let us get we got to get the uh, the read from DraftKings in first. Hockey fans like the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot and an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sports app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at the DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Shot. This is the easiest side to answer. Let me say fear. I can't even begin to describe. I'm actually going to go crazy. I'm going to buy everybody around on this one. Welcome back, everybody, to Big Apple Hockey's Layup Talk, as you've been calling it in the chat. But uh, Big Apple Hockey's Bar Talk, where we are gauging our confidence on NHL topics based on our choice of drink. Are you buying around? You just so so have a beer or, oh, God, I'll take a shot on this one. And, of course... Why go to the liquor store when you can have the liquor store come to you? Make it a drizzly night. Click the link below. And, of course, Big Apple Hockey hats and shirts are available in the eBay store that's right there. (laughs) Oh, man. Corey, you're killing me on that Mid-range shots. We're turning this into a basketball show. This is great. Oh, man. All right. Phil, I'm going to start with you on this one. The New York Rangers, Jonathan Quick is 0-2 in the preseason, has been getting lit up like a Christmas tree. Dylan Garand was, uh, Dylan Garand, I mean, sorry, was recalled from Hartford. The Rangers cannot afford Jonathan Quick to get off to a bad start. Already? Yeah. You got to lay up on this Already. one. Already. <laughs> Already. Just press the damn button, Mark. Now I'm on it. I'm on it. Got the easy button right there. There you go. Okay. Do I do I do I need to explain it? Uh yes, briefly. Backup play is important. Old backup needs to not suck. There you go, Anthony. I mean, he looks like he's cooked. Um so I don't know. I mean, the Rangers might because he's a veteran, they might give him like the better for the doubt and let him start the year, but um, he's going to get the quick hook if he keeps playing like he did in the preseason. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is this is an easy round for sure. Yeah, we're going to make this a hat trick as well, guys, because I'm just going to say, oh, no, well, you know what, Matt, sometimes you got to get to the talking points and we're going to be talking about them all throughout all of that. 
Um, yeah, exactly. Because after all, one and eight last year for Yaroslav Lock, they need they need him to be better. It's just that simple. All right. Hopefully, I'll be back in my spot in a minute. You've been demoted. And last last yeah. night, Matt Barzell and Bo Horvat looked pretty good. This was their production last year: fifty-one points for Barzell, sixteen points for Bo Horvat. And I tried to make this number as high as possibly I can. The Islanders have got a combined. 120 points from Barzell and Horvat. That's like 60 points each. I mean, Barzell's pretty much, I mean, you know, that's what he's good for if he doesn't get hurt, you know, last year, 51, 58. So I would say as for Barzell for to get the 60 points, I mean, I think that's a round. Um, you know, and Horvat, you know, he just needs to be a 30-30 guy. To You know what, I'm, <clears throat> I'm going to go – I'm going to go around. I mean, this is only 60 points a piece for, you know, for two pretty good players. I mean, if you were, you know, if you were to say like, you know, 200, I mean, that, that's a different story, but I mean, 120, I mean, yeah, I, I, yeah, I think, I think this is round. Philk. Hit the button again. <laughs> Jeez, you you know, know, the Barzell has had the injury problems before, so that's just in there, but they're lying. No, but, but, uh, but look, Mark, let's let's go back to this. Let's actually break this one down. This one I'm going to give an explanation for since Mark wants to really lay these in there. Real, like, these are like Lob City, like Los Angeles, Clifford, <laughs> like Griffin friggin' lobs right here. So, Matt Barzell, 85, 62, 60, 45 and 55 games, 59 and 73 games, 51 last year and 58 games. That pace is well over 60 points. It's well over 60 points, Mark. Let's 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 now let's let's go to Bo Horvat. Bo Horvat, okay, a little more of an interesting one. So let's use recent numbers, more recent numbers to really talk about Bo Horvat because the first couple of years of his uh, years of his career, eh. Mm. All right. So 2022, 52 points in 70 games. Last year, 70 points in 79 games. Or you could even look back to his 2019 season, 61 points in 82 games. Bo Horvat seems to be about a 60-point player. You could have bumped this to about 130 or 140, and that really would have been a discussion. I thought the layup was at 100 because, again, it, this is also contingent on you, you think it, all right. So now you're starting to sound like ESPN's point projections. No, I'm saying I'm just saying because again, look, look, the there's layups if there was lower. Look, look I think that would combine for 100 points. Ballers would miss the friggin' playoffs by a mile if that was the case. Oh my god, Mark. I'm just you were gonna pick Mark. 100. My yeah, god. Oh, by the way, I thought no, I'm saying I thought that was the layup. So I do think I looked at that line last night. That line looked great last night, guys. And they, I, I think if they stay healthy, then you're looking at an easy, I think, 70 to both of them. Here, so. here should be the next bar talk question. Bigger, bigger blunder. Mark thinking that that Barzell and Horvat may get only 100 points combined or ESPN penciling Chris Kreider for 35 points for 36 or, points. Or uh, uh, Brock Nelson at 49. 49, yeah. ESPN's point production, uh, point projections or Mark's layup talk over here. 
Well, you know what? We'll yeah. see about that one. And hopefully Gilmore. nobody's tearing their ACL. That's it. He's, yeah. he's, he's getting off the mark with Mark is actually a real good one. <laughs> well, uh, we have, it's been a while since we had an on the mark. I need to get one of those. Speaking about which, look for my questions on the Metropolitan. You got again. 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 That one. Yeah, I, I miss those days uh, of, of getting the uh, the editorials in. But uh, last night, Jesper Brat had a hat trick over the Islanders at a 6-5 win, a surprising game. The Brat Hughes to Foley line will be the best in the NHL. Mr. LaRocco. Um, See, it gets better. I mean, yeah, that one's not – I mean, there's certainly that, – that, because Hughes powers that line and, and Brat's phenomenal is really establishing himself as a really good player in his own right too. Um, but best line, I mean, there's a lot of good lines out there. Um, uh, yeah, I don't, I, I mean, I think the only way I can answer this is beer because they're, they're you know, they're going to be high flying. They're going to be really exciting. Um, but, you know, any line that Connor McDavid's on is going to be phenomenal. Um, you know, Toronto is going to be able to piece a pretty good line together with their trio of, you know, t- you know, cause you got, you got Tavares and Matthews and Nylander both rolling down at center through the middle. Um, you know, I, 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 yeah, this is, this is a, I can't, I can't say round definitively cause there's just so many other good lines, but I would say if you were to say like top five, um, you know, I, I could probably say round definitively, but best mm-hmm. no, nah, I mean, it's, it's a beer. I like that he didn't say top five because then, then, then it's not an easy round because if this was top five, I would absolutely say a round two. Yeah. But I, I want to know what what line is Dallas piecing together? That to me, like they're they're gonna do they put Robertson and Hints with Matt Duchesne? Like if that's a line, forget about it because that line is just gonna be filth. Um, McDavid and whatever is just automatically gonna be one of the best lines in the league because McDavid is probably good for fifty goals and one hundred and thirty points going forward. Just because I'm not going to sit there and say that he's going to repeat 16-150 again. Because it's tough to say that, even though if there is anyone that could do that, it's McJesus. Um, I, I, I'd have to market <laughs> I got I to say beer. I would say round to that part for Core walking away from, from his computer. That would be pretty freaking funny, actually. Um but yeah, I'm gonna say beer for this one. But uh, they're definitely gonna be one of the best lines in the league. That's a great line too. You saw it in the playoffs. Uh, Vegas's first line. Right, so to, for further context, are we talking points wise, or are we just talking like terms of like actual play and like dominance and so on? I would say the latter. Okay. Yeah, then that line is definitely gonna be one of the better lines in the league too. Because the perfection line is no more. There's no way. Uh, yep. Patrice Bergeron's walking back through that door. Yep. I myself, I'm going to say, I, I, I again, I'm going to go round on this. They, they, they look, they look electric, guys. Crazy. And if Tyler Toffoli, who just came off a 73 point season, I believe the same number as Brat. Brat uh, yeah, and, and Hughes, the, the the sky's the limit for them, and it's scary to me because. And that's why I'm I got them going to the Stanley Cup finals, guys. It's just ridiculous. By yeah. the way, 
last year, guys, the Florida Panthers with 92 points defeated the Boston Bruins that had 135 points. Florida Panthers are in more danger of missing the playoffs than the Boston Bruins. Mr. Filkowski. Uh, I'm going to actually go around here. Hmm. Um, I think with their injuries, with Kachuk being banged up, um, I, we don't know how long he's going to be out for. Ekblad, Montour, uh, and they lost some guys too on top of that. I, I, I just... And then Sergey Bobrovsky coming back down to earth in the Stanley Cup Finals. I I really do think that they're probably in a little more danger because they have some more extenuating circumstances. I think both teams personally are going to miss. Um, I think both teams end up in like the 85 to 88 point range, maybe, depending on how long Florida's injuries keep those players out for. But I, I do think with their injuries, I think they're in a worse position than Boston. So if that's... That's basically what this question is asking. So, yeah, I'm going to say round due to that. All right. So, round on that one. Anthony. I think Florida is in more danger of missing the playoffs, too, this coming year. Ekblad and Monto are both going to be out, I think, until December at the, you know, at, at the earliest. And, you know, those are their two best defensemen. And, and, you know, what team can really, you know, compete when your top two defensemen are out for that long? So, um, I, I think it's the Panthers as well. I mean, the Bruins, obviously, we, we well documented that they lost uh, Krejci and Bergeron. Their center depth took a big hit, and Linus Olmark's likely not going to replicate what he did. Um, but I, I would – my gut says the Panthers, though, right now. Uh, is it possible they could be even? You're losing Patrice Bergeron. The amount of uh, – the amount – of production you're going to have to get from your centers with Patrice Bergeron there, who took on the opponent's top team, uh, the top line, I mean, uh, that every single night. And then he threw 50 points on top of it. And you have, yes, you got Pasta, you got Marshan. I don't know how Marshan's going to be as a captain, Philk. That's going to be really interesting on that one. Because, I mean, if, if Marshan is one of those guys that the C just does not fit on him, then I would have to go. This might be a lot worse. And uh, all right, I'm, I'm I'm gonna I'm just gonna make it a hat trick. I'll buy a round on this one. And it's it's still Florida because of the injuries. The injuries, yeah. It's the injuries. That's the Here's only the reason why. You have to I'm ask going. yourself though, whose goaltending do you trust less, Florida's or Boston's? For me, it's Florida, like hands down. I, yeah. Even though I I, I see Lena Snowmark having significant regression in his game from last year. I don't think he's coming anywhere close to those numbers. Like, I don't think he's going to even have a 915 save percentage this year. That's how bad it's going to be. Um, but I don't trust Bobrovsky. I think the, the clock turned midnight and the, the slippers, you know, have turned back into pumpkins and everything like that. That Cinderella story is done. I think he's cooked. He's, he's going to go back to what he was before that little run. And then you got the injuries on top of it in Florida. But look at Boston's defense. You still got McAvoy. You still got Lehampus Lindholm. You still got Brandon Carlo. You still got Grizzly. You still got guys, even though they lost Connor Clifton, they can replace that type of depth on defense. Mm. That's not going to hurt them. Florida's defense was not good to begin with, 
and then you lose Montour and Ekblad for the first two months of the season, plus Sergey Bobrovsky probably going back to a pumpkin, that's no good for me. And uh, by the way, Phil, the carriage was the pumpkin. That's what turns back in the pumpkin, not the slippers. Well, Sergey Bobrovsky was the carriage that carried the Florida Panthers this game. <laughs> All right. I'm <laughs> just saying. All right. Uh, Anthony, I threw this, like I said, I threw this name out there of guy that could be moved at the deadline. Uh, Devin Taves is a pending UFA next Come year. On. Devin, Devin Taves will Come be in half. Yeah, this is a round. I mean, the Avalanche okay. aren't, the Avalanche aren't going to, they're going to be one of the top teams in the West. Um, they're not moving him. Um, so yeah, I, I don't see any such scenario where, uh, you know, Taves is traded before the deadline. Um, you know, again, maybe they just, you know, they, they lose him for nothing and that's the price of doing business when you're a good team and you expect to, you know, compete for a cup. But I would say there's less than 5% chance they would trade him during the year at all this year. <laughs> Sergey Bobovka is. Uh, That's what right. I was laughing at. I, I, <laughs> I couldn't help it. I just I saw that comment that, and I just I could hear it in Charles Barkley's voice. And yeah, and and, and well, I, I had to also laugh at this. That right above that, it was the uh, beautiful Maria Casenza that was letting us know uh, <laughs> on this. Yeah, so, no. Well, again, I'm going. I keep on here. I know. I know, Phil. You're going to say it was crazy. We already covered this in the A block, but uh, you know. Teams, teams, they'll trade guys. They'll trade them, and especially if there's there's no oh future gosh. right there. I am gonna oh go. Man. I am gonna go beer. It's a very long beer, guys. But that's about it. I'm close to saying shot, but there's a part of me that thinks that if Bowen Byram's game progressed so much to the point this season that he ended up looking better than Taves, that they could move him. And they're really high on him. They have every reason to be. He looks the part. So I'm going to say shot because I, I just think this. there's a very, very, very slim chance that he's done. Oh, no, no. This is that he will be there. Oh. It's a round. Oh, I misread it. So, yeah, it's a round. Um, I, I think there's a very, very, very slim chance that he's dealt. Very, very. All right, guys. We got one more on these, and we're going to circle back. We're going to do the rapid fire with Anthony on the next one or right after this. But the last one, the news of this week, guys, Trevor Zegers has got a bridge deal. Three years, $5.75 million AAV. The Ducks' bridge deal with Zegers will cost them more money on their next contract. Phil. Hit the button again. <laughs> yes, this is going to cost them a lot of money. And I told you, and I said it several times, give him the damn Troy Terry deal and lock him up now. But no, they, Verbeek wanted to play hardball. He wanted to save money now. Okay. So when you have to pay Leo Carlson and Trevor Zegers at the same exact time, because Leo Carlson's ELC is going to end around the same time that this bridge deal ends. Just think about that. And you're going to have all these other players that you're going to have to pay in a one to two season span. Mason McTavish, all these other guys. Jamie Drysdale, if Drysdale comes back, he's healthy and produces. Think about that. Just think about all the players that you're going to have to pay in a very short span of time. Young players, too. 
that are coming off of the ELCs. Doesn't that sound familiar, Ranger fans? That outlook mm-hmm. that we used to have that, hey, all these guys are going to come off ELCs at this at this one to two year span, and it's going to be really hard to work with the cap. Why not give him seven years, 7.5 per, call it a day, and lock him up? Why not? Yeah, I, mean, I, I would really, agree with that one. He won in nine right now, then I don't understand why they didn't go long term. So, again, I'll agree with that. I'm just going to say around, and I'm going to turn it over to Mr. LaRocco right there. So I said that I, I I thought it was a good deal for the Ducks, but I mean, with that said, it, it still is going to cost them more money. I acknowledge that in his next contract. I just didn't think it was a big deal because, you know, three years from now, the salary cap's going to probably be, you know, much higher. So for for them to, you know, maybe they could have got him for seven now in three years, he keeps progressing. Maybe they have to give him nine or ten. But the cap's going to be higher, so I think at the end of the day, it's not really going to affect them all that much. But it is still around though, because they are going to have to pay him more than seven million, um, you know, when his contract's up. Whereas they could have maybe got him for that amount right now, depending on you know if he was open or not for a long term. I, I don't know what his what his thinking was, so I, I don't know. But they are going to have to pay him probably significantly more than seven million when his contract expires. So I know I know I'm getting ripped by my comments <laughs> right now, but uh, it's, Anthony's but Anthony hit the nail on the head with that. If you hand him the Troy Terry contract, then that gets him to uh, what is it? 20, 2029, I think it is. Uh, oh and it's seven million. I mean, <laughs> this is Mark CM Punk AW run episode. Ouch. Oh, my God. That's but again, but again, they could have they could have gotten him for a little bit more value. Now you're gonna you got them bridged. Those bridge deals stick in guys' heads, and then they go, "No, screw you, pay me." That's that's just what that is with that. All right, well that is the end of Big Apple Hockey's layup talk, as Ranger Central was saying about that. Uh, thank you, Core. And um, but Big Apple Hockey's bar talk, we were engaged our confidence on NHL topics based on our choice of drink. Anthony, since you weren't here for it, we're gonna do the rapid fire with you right now. Um, and also give us a brief idea what you think for the Islanders this season. What's a reasonable explanation? Um, I mean, well, I think, I think the baseline is, you know, playoff team like they were last year, uh, you know, with the Ely Sorokin and goal, as long, as long as he's healthy, he's going to give them, um, you know, a, a fighting chance certainly to, to bring him into the playoffs. Um, you know, they do have the same team as last year, but I mean, if you want to try to look at a glass half full, you know, Horvat and Barzell, um, you know, they didn't have for a full year. Barzell got hurt. Horvat, they acquired at the end of the year. They have them both from the beginning of the season right now. Mark, you saw how good they looked last night. Um, they're certainly, they certainly built on their chemistry. Um, so if they, you know, if they're feeling good and, and they each are producing a lot of points, um, they'll be better than they were last year. So, um, for me, uh, I, I my expectation is playoff team. Um, if everything breaks right, you know, and, and Barzell can, you know, get back to being a 70-point player or more and, and Horvat, you know, 65, 70 points, then who knows? You know, maybe, maybe they could somehow find a way to get into the, the top three. But um, for me, a very kind of baseline expectation um, is that they're a playoff team. And then, you know, once you're in, anything can happen. All right, Anthony, here you go. Rapid fire. Jack Hughes will score 110 points. Uh, 
No, I think he'll actually, you know what? Yeah, I think he will. He was at 99 last year. I, I think he's, he's just getting even better. Uh, so yes. Are the Pittsburgh Penguins a playoff team? No. How many points will the Bruins get? Um, 90. More points. Ottawa, Buffalo, or Detroit? Buffalo. Over under 78.5 points. Connor Bedard. Uh, over. Uh, Minnesota Wild will win a playoff round. No. Better goal differential, the Kings or the Kraken? Kraken. Last team to clinch a playoff spot? Seattle Kraken. Last place in the NHL? San Jose Sharks. First coach fired. Oof. So it's got to be a, co- a team that's expected to be bad. They're not going to fire their coach if they're bad. That eliminates teams like San Jose and Anaheim. So I got to think of a team who has somewhat but underachieve. I am going to go with Craig Berube. Craig Berube is a clean sweep for all three of us. <clears throat> wow. <laughs> I think also the needle is just pointing right at him. Who is your disappointing team this year? Boston Bruins. Who is your surprise team? Anaheim Ducks. Anaheim Ducks. Hey, that is definitely a good one. And just two more quick ones, because you were able to join for the Vesna. Who will win the Calder? Logan Cooley. Wow. And who will win the Norris? Miro Heiskinen. All right. All right, guys. That was Anthony's rapid-fire comment, so hopefully I can get those. You and I have a lot of them in common, Anthony. Yeah, we do. Uh, you think you went? I, I think you went Haskinen, and I went the Dolan. I went, yeah, you went Darlene. I, I said Darlene or Haskinen because I, I couldn't because I, I thought that I think both of them are going to be right there for it. Um, I said Barube, and I took Mark's answer. Mark was not happy about that one. <laughs> and then the surprise, yeah, I, I said. I gave two because I think that there's two teams that are really going to shock people, Arizona and Columbus. I said All that right. probably going to be the last team to clinch a playoff spot. Yeah, I think – and I still I, – I went on a limb and I said the Canucks. I figured if the Canucks do anything, that would that would be they, – they'd probably end up being the last team in. I thought about Calgary for a second, but even at that, when you have rookie coaches – see, this is – Something about Pascal Vincent and um, the guy in Calgary now. I forgot his name. But when you get rookie head coaches, they're still rookies. They got to figure out what to do with that as well. All right, guys, quick fuck Doku, and then I am off to go get dinner. Um, that I got dinner waiting for me. And all right, we got 
the Dallas Stars, New York Islanders, and 400 career assists on the top row, and Calgary, Buffalo, and the Vancouver Canucks on the left side. Pick a square, guys. Where do you want to start? Uh, Anywhere. It doesn't matter. Okay. I mean, for Buffalo and the Islanders, I'm thinking Miroslav Satan. Um, really right high. You, you, um, very high. You, um, you can use I, Adam Creighton. You always use Adam Creighton. Uh, yeah. Did, did you use Adam Creighton, Anthony? No, I, I used um, I used the the they had as Mark. I, no. I don't think Adam Creighton played for Buffalo. Yeah, he did. He did. Yeah. I know he played for St. Louis and Chicago. Uh, there he is right there, 0.2%. Okay. All right. my, my answer was actually going to be Randy Wood. Randy I, I, used, I used Randy Wood for Dallas and Buffalo. That actually okay. – you could actually use that for Dallas. or you, Oh, you used it for Dallas. I used it for Dallas, Buffalo, yeah. yeah Didn't Stu Barnes play for Dallas? Yes, he did. He played for Buffalo as well. Yeah. That I think might be a little higher though. Um, Benoit Hogue. Benoit Hogue also played. That would be a good one for Dallas and Buffalo, I believe. I, I think that's a good one. Go with that because after all, Benny won the Stanley Cup, and a matter of fact, got a bottle of uh, Ed Belfour's uh, whiskey from him. So two percent. I used Bob Array there, and he. Uh... Bob Array was not a bad choice. No. Um, um Dallas and Calgary, I used Perry Berzan, and that was 0.2%. I, I used Bob Basson. Which I used for Islanders in Calgary. <laughs> Bob yeah. Basson's a good one. Uh, if I recall correctly, Phil, Bob Basson, the game-winning goal, game one, Rangers-Quebec. yes. Yeah. Sorry, right. Calgary, Islanders, Basson, or you want to use them? No, we you I used he used Basson for Calgary Islanders. Oh, okay. Well then in that I case, used I used Nicholas Anderson, so think of somebody else. Um Robert Reichel. Yeah, uh, Robert didn't, Reichel. Um, didn't uh, Travis Hamannick play in Calgary? Oh, oh, oh no no. Marty McKinnis. Marty McKinnis. Marty McKinnis? Marty McKinnis. I think Marty McKinnis might be better <clears throat> than Robert Reichel. Yeah, no, definitely better than Robert Reichel. Robert Reichel would have been high. Yeah, Marty McInnes. Marty McInnes, 0.9%. Yeah. Yes. Uh, we'll get to the 400 career assists in a moment, guys. All right, Islanders and a Vancouver Canuck. I um, used Anthony Daly Diddick there. I, I, I used Sven Butenschein. That's the funny-ass name that I have not seen in a Wow. Yeah. Wow. Sven Butenschein. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Uh, I love the Daily Diddick is, is a line I used, that could always be in there. Yeah, I used Diddick for Vancouver and Dallas. Mm. There's somebody that I'm missing. I know there's somebody that I'm missing. Uh, Vancouver Islanders? Dude, Travis yeah. Green. Travis, Travis Green Green's a good one. one. Yeah, that's a good one. I would go with it. I mean, could more people remember Travis Green than Trevor Linden? What about Brian McCabe? Which one do you think? Travis uh, Green. Go with Green because Green is the the no namer of the of the three. Even though he did coach them. Yes. What? What? No. Vancouver Islanders. No, there's no way Travis Green was a Vancouver Canuck. What? 
Get the f- no way. Unless there's another Travis Green that. I thought I was convinced. No, he, he was. Him. I think he was traded to the Coyotes, guys. No, you know what? He went from the Islanders to Anaheim to Phoenix to Toronto to Boston to Anaheim and back to Toronto. He oh, never played for Vancouver. Wow. At least I'm not the only one that thought it, though. I Shit. thought I could have sworn he played I, for I Vancouver. I'm sure he played for Vancouver. I, was... I have to reset it, Mark. Yeah, I'll have to reset it. it. And, uh, yeah, he went. Yeah, he went to Anaheim, and then it was uh, Phoenix. <laughs> so yeah, I thought he was in the Trevor Linden deal, guys. So I thought he was too. Yeah, that's all right. I'll I'll have to reset was... this now. Just reset it. Fill it in. Yeah. Okay. Transactions. New. I got an incognito window. No, he wasn't traded to Vancouver. He was traded by the Islanders with Doug Huda and Tony Tuzzolino for J.J. Daniel and Mark Mark Jansons and Joe Sacco on February 6, 1998. Wow. Traded by Anaheim pick. with a first-round pick in 1999, which ended up being Scott Kelman, to the Phoenix Coyotes for Oleg Tabardowski. Mark's like a senior citizen getting Pukdoku back up. <laughs> Ouch! All right. Ouch, Anthony. Um, so it was Ben Hogue was the two percenter. Yeah. You could fill in. Uh, I got one for Vancouver and the Islanders for Bill Mc, Bill McCault. Yeah. Oh yeah. The, he, he was in the Michael Pecker trade. Yeah. He was. He was also a catcher too. He, he was. He was also in the uh, Kevin Weeks, the Felix Poppin trade, and he also uh, had a date with one of my friend's cousins. He was so. in the he was in the um the Yashin trade too. Yes. Yes. No, no, no. It, it, uh yeah, it was the yeah, it was the Yashin yeah. trade, not the Pekka trade. Sorry. I said I said the wrong one. Who was the oh we went with Marty McKinnis? Marty McKinnis, yeah. yeah. Okay. So we just got uh four more to do. Dallas and Calgary guys. Like uh, I said, I used, Dallas- I used Bob Basson, so I used Perry Berezan, can't use that one. Um Dallas, there's an obvious, there's an obvious guy that I'm missing. <sighs> well, besides Joe Newendike. Well, uh, Jerome McGinley, you can't even use because he never even played for Dallas. Correct. Uh, let's see here. Um, trying to think of, trying to think of a good one for you guys right now. Uh, why am I thinking defenseman? There isn't like a um, Robin Regeer or John Michael Lyles or somebody like that. They'll be high. No, Regeer never played for Dallas. He played for Calgary. He never played for Dallas. Uh, Lyles, I don't. Uh, <coughs> no, I think you're getting Lyles confused with Jordan Leopold, who played for Calgary. Okay, so thank you. Young American moving defenseman. Um. Uh, and mind you, you could also you can also pick someone the so the North Stars too. Remember that it's North Stars slash Stars on the plane. Yeah, did Bobby Basil McRae, one of your favorites, didn't make it on there. Um, I don't think. No, Bobby Smith didn't play for Calgary. I was going to say Bobby Smith, um, but he didn't play for Calgary. Um, I still love it that Basil McRae. Told the story about how 
Most people remember him from his cameo in the Mighty Ducks movie more than anything else. Yeah, that's that's crazy to think about. Um, uh, let's see. Shane let's see. Churla. Shane Churla? Shane Churla. Shane Churla it is. We'll go with that. Billy Plett actually would have been a really good one from John Radigan. He, I, that, that I can confirm. He played for both teams. Who was it? Plett actually had his best offensive years in Calgary. Shane Shirla. Well, I, I believe Rico Ciccone for Dallas and Vancouver. So that one you not be able to. I used Gerald um, Diddick. <laughs> Wait, uh, D- Gerald Diddick? <laughs> the Daily Diddick. You could use you could use one of two guys. I would say either Greg Adams or Russ Cortnall. I I would probably go Russ Cortnall there. Former Ranger. Uh, I would agree. I'd go Russ Courtnall because I think more people might remember Greg Adams. Russ Courtnall, two percent. All right, boys. The easy one. We have to name four hundred career assists for Calgary. This is harder than you think for Calgary. Yeah, it is. I, I used Damon Lankow, so um, that was one. I, that was I, that's a good one. I like Damon Lankow. Yeah, and you know what's funny. I thought I used the one that Anthony would have used. It's actually John Tinelli from yeah. the Islanders. Uh, Craig Conroy, did he get to 400 career assists? No, no. I, don't, I don't think so. I don't. No. I don't think he's even close. Actually, just throwing that one out there. Um, oh, no, he was close. About, 360. Oh, wow. What about um, Lanny McDonald? That's Maybe probably going to be an obvious one. Uh, well, obviously, I think Flurry Newendike. Joey Mullen? Mullen, uh, I think, is probably going to be an obvious one. Gary Roberts would be another one. That would be another obvious one. Um, Robert Reichel probably would be obvious, too. No. I don't think Robert Reichel would be that Robert obvious. Robert Reichel didn't make it. Robert Reichel didn't? didn't have enough. No, he didn't have enough points. I, I, You know what? I looked it up earlier because I, I was curious. So... I put how about, how about this one for an idea? Alex Tangay. Oh, you're that's right. Actually, I think that's going to be a higher score. Reichel had 378 assists. Wow, yeah, man. he fell Close. just short. Um, Tangay, by the way, uh, 580 assists. Yeah, well, uh, I knew Tangay the... made the assists, but it's just – it's. I would love to see – Oh, oh, Kelly Kelly Kissio. I don't Kelly think is a good I don't one. Kissio had enough assists. Let's look. Four twenty nine. Okay, Kelly Kissio. It is Kelly Kissio. It is. By the way, just to mention, I checked them. Chris Drury came up short. Yeah, I, Chris Drury, I, I knew Chris Drury came up short. I didn't even have to check that one. Kelly Kissio, point one percent. Wow. Um, uh, what jersey is he wearing in that? Sharks. One? That's a Sharks? I thought he was a captain yeah. there. Yeah, he was He was uh, one of the OG Sharks. He went from uh, the Rangers, basically, to the Sharks. Um, okay, for Buffalo, would it be too obvious to say Gilbert Perot? Yes. Yeah. Um, Doug Bodger was who I used. It's like one of my go-tos for Buffalo, and he ended up being. Um, <laughs> I used uh, – I have to check back who I used. I forget now. Uh, they just have that. What about Christian uh, Erhoff? I used for Kepo 400 Mubin. career assists. No, <clears throat> I used Te- I used Teppo Newman. 
Tepo Newman is a good one. Tepo Newman is a good one. But you can't use uh, that now. No, Airhawk didn't make that, obviously. And I don't I don't think Shatan hit 400 assists. So I think that he falls short. What about um, Jeff Sanderson? How about the guy? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna check this. I'm gonna I'm gonna check this one because I think that he I think he made it. I'm pretty sure he made it. But Danny Gare. No okay, the guy I was gonna throw out there is Brian Campbell. Danny Gare did not make it. Um Brian Campbell, I think he might have fallen just short. Jeff Sanderson. Sanderson's definitely got four on Campbell actually made it. Well, Campbell made it. I know that. But um and then Sanderson fell short. Oh yeah, three forty five. Three forty five. Campbell's actually a good one. I you could it might be high though. It might yep. be high. Let's let's use it. Let's see what it is. We're still way better than um other podcasts. One percent on Campbell. You know what it is? I think people his offensive peak wasn't like that long. So people might take a look at that and be like, oh well, you know, he wasn't that great for that long. They might forget him in that aspect. Um, people forget him as a uh Vancouver, Vancouver. I used Jeff Courtnall. Um, I used, funny enough, uh, one of his teammates on the 92-3 and 94 teams, um, uh, Dave Babich. But I'm with Pete on this one. Andrew Castles is definitely on that list. I could tell you, without even looking at it, I could tell you. Okay, which one do you think is better? Andrew Castles or Cliff Ronning? Castles. Castles, it is. We'll go with Castles. Let's Ronnie see. is going to give you a lot more because people are going to remember him playing with Pavel Bure. Andrew Castles, a unique to score of five guys, so we were able to do this and a pretty good time as well. Look, Let's view some of the stats look, that are right here. Look at the stats on Buff the Buffalo one. I'm curious to see what. All right, yeah, those are the obvious ones: Palmville, Andrew Vanek. Scroll down to the 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 one percenters or less. All right, let's go with the one percenters. Ramsey, Peter McNabb, Phil Goyer. Wow, that's a good one. Reed Larson. Al Johansson is a good one. Al Johansson. Uh, oh, God. Wolf Pymont would have been a real good one, too. James Patrick. <clears throat> James Patrick. James Patrick yeah, would have yeah. been a good Patrick. one. Joe, as you know. point producer for the Rangers. Wow, I'm so I'm surprised that Vyacheslav Slava Kozlov was, was, was 0.4, whatever that was. I'm surprised Pierre Turgeon <laughs> at 3.7. He's going to the Hall of Fame this year. How is he not higher? I mean, Dale Howard, Chuck, Ryan Wait, O'Reilly. I know there's a little bit him? of reason he buys in here. Did, did they finally induct Pierre Turgeon? Yeah, yeah, he's going in this year. Oh, good. Good. He deserves it. Yeah. Vancouver. Um, Mike, Mike Ridley. Riley. Zero. Wow. Oh, Mike. Sorry, Mike Ridley. <laughs> Mike Ridley, I, I completely forgot. Right. I always think of him as capital. Roger because I, I used him for mine. Dave Gagne. Murray <laughs> Craven. Wow. Murray Craven, yeah, wow. Doug Bodger. Murray Craven, who was responsible for the Vegas Golden Knights. Existing. Good player rating in NHL 94 for Doug Bodger. Good player rating for Andrew Castles, who's their top-line center in Hartford in NHL 94. How did none of us say Peter Nedved? Wow, yeah, the former Ranger. Holy crap. Thomas Vanek, Pavel Dimitra. Yeah. Uh, a lot of guys. I mean, Igor Larionov was another one. I'm, wow. 
missed a lot. I'm actually disappointed that I missed James Patrick. That's that's a bad one for me for miss. Yeah. And that the James Patrick one is the one that's that's a bad one. And we'll just check the Calgary one. Get this one Steve out, guys. Castles, Sanderson, uh, Castles, Verbeek, Sanderson. That was their pain in the ass. Ramage had 400 career assists. Yes, Rob Rob, Rob Ramage had. Yeah, I am shocked by that. Castles, Verbeek, Sanderson. That CBS line killed the Rangers all the time back in the day. Andrew Castles, nice little one. I mean, Andrew Castles was a damn good player. Pete will tell yeah, you. Anderson Castles for Beak for the win. That's um, why I said that. <laughs> uh, Roman Hammer, like you forget that he played with them. Yeah, David, it's it's not 400 assists for that team. It's just 400 assists in total and played for the team. And played one game for them. Or at least one game for the team, yeah. Yeah. Well, Damon Lancaster, Mark Savard. Some of the criteria is confusing because sometimes it's not that, it's the other way around, and it's having 500 goals for that team or something like that. And it's funny because I actually just mentioned Marty St. Louis. James Packer did never win a Norris, but he was was a very good defenseman for the Rangers for a very long time, and he was a part of the 87 Canada Cup team. He's um he's one of those guys you just say he was just a really good defenseman. Think about him like Sergei Zubov was a Hall of Famer that never won a Norris, but I wouldn't even put Sergei Zubov as the best uh, Hall of Famer that's never won a Norris before. So no, you know what I I actually saw this before, Corp. So I, I actually started. Um, I, I think that they're going to do that on a college hockey night. Or, or uh, I heard something about that on um, on uh, Twitter, and then I, I think they're going to do it on a night where like all thirty-two teams are playing or something like that. So yeah, I, I I think that this is awesome. I think they need to have a channel like this in addition to NHL Network because I think fans would love that, and I think fans would pay for it. Yeah, but how are how how does that work? Have them on power plays. Okay. You could have it power plays or just show goals. Okay. I mean, I mean that's what that's, I was just thinking that's, about. With that's, that. what, that's what the NFL does. The NFL, they're, they, when they're in the red zone and they're close to scoring, that's where it is. And that that's perfect. When you go back and forth between game highlights, I would pay for that. Are you kidding me? I'm up for any way you can grow the game. And like I said before, if they want to do the animated game like they've done before, uh, I'll, I'll the one for the Rangers and yeah. um, Big City Greens, I think it was. That was pretty yeah. good. I yeah, you could do power plays. Do it, it. Call it NHL power play, and you could literally just have it with the teams that are on power plays and stuff like that. And, you know, it just it's kind of the same kind of concept as Red Zone in that regard. Yeah. Um. Now we're gonna have to we're gonna have to shorten up everything because we're starting to run a little bit long on time. We actually got the two hours, and and yes, uh, again, Ranger Central. Just agreeing with you on that. If you guys haven't checked him out, his videos are available on YouTube. But uh, yeah, just yeah, close games within five minutes of play. Okay, uh, I I could see some of that, and then you flip him back back in front. Uh, John, I would love it if they had more penalty shots, like actual penalty shots. But 
I think shootouts kind of taken out the spark of penalty shots. So it's amazing. Uh, when they did the shootout, I think the first time ever was the year that Heatley had the four goal game, Filk, in the All Star game, and no, everybody was like, "This is a no brainer. You got to do shootouts." And then when you got it a hundred times a year, it's less exciting. So. No, that was 03-04, the shootout that instituted until the first year after the lockout. Right, but they did a shootout, though, in the All-Star game. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 That, I think Heatley had four goals and a shootout goal. It was, yeah, it was 2002-2003. Um, he had the 40-goal season, and he, he won the All-Star game MVP with four goals. Yeah. And unfortunately, we know the rest of his story after that. Yeah. All right. Guys, again, thanks very much, everybody, for joining us today. We did our season preview, and we had to do it tonight. My work schedule is completely uh, just a nightmare the rest of the week. And, guys, uh, thank you very much. Uh, no, I am definitely not drafting Ole Jokinen for my shootout squad. Yeah. Especially if my season's on the line and he's just going to put it five hole no matter what. His brother, on the other hand, Yusi, I'll, I'll take him any day of the week. Yeah. All right. Uh, guys, thanks very much for joining us today. And uh, we're going to see you guys next, not this Thursday, the following Thursday. And we're going to have games, games to watch. So can't wait for that. Philk, what do you think? Uh, you excited for the season? Layup. I know yeah, it's a layup. <laughs> Just hit the button. All right. Guys, thank you very you much. Get that last layup in court. Just remember that. <laughs> Thanks very much for joining us today, guys. And we will see you guys next week.